Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Today, we're going to conclude um, our series that we started four weeks ago on Second Chronicles, just kind of this series that we pushed pause. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians. We're going to pick that back up in September, but we just kind of pushed pause and uh, just to speak something that we felt like the Lord was speaking to us as a church. Second Chronicles 7, verse 13 and 14, here's what it says. If you have your Bibles, you can look at this. It'll be on the screen. And it says this, At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues among you. Then, if... There's condition here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. And week one of this series, what I did was I introduced to you what the Lord started putting in my heart in July. Week two, we talked with you about pride, and I told you that the answer to pride is humility. Last week, I spoke with you about prayer, and I want to remind you, this Thursday night, we have prayer this Thursday night, and I want to tell you, several of you have been coming out, but there's a lot of you that have not made it. I want to encourage you, get out for prayer this Thursday. Thursday night. This Thursday night, not only do we have prayer, we're going to have live worship. It'll be a mini heaven come service. And we're going to declare, we're going to sing and we're going to pray and we're going to declare things. We're going to prophesy things on Thursday night. Be here 630. Generally it's come and go, but it's going to get hopping at 630. So be here at 630. If you're not, um, I hope you have flat tires. No, I don't hope that. But anyway, no, I'm praying for you and hope that, you, that all of you show up this Thursday night, 630 for prayer. But also the Lord has been speaking something to my heart concerning prayer for several months, and I've been debating it, and the Lord just kind of reminded me of even what he spoke to me at the beginning of the year. The very first message I even delivered for this year was, now we do. And uh, sometimes we sit there and think, and we plan, and we strategize, and we never do. And the Lord is really speaking to my heart something for several months, and I don't want this to sound political or anything, but I've watched our nation be tore apart by riots, And I've watched rioters feel free to go anywhere and to riot anywhere. And the church has complained. And the church has stood by and watched and said, why doesn't somebody do something about this? Maybe we should do something about this. And this will not be a political statement. This will not be a political move. This is something that I feel that God has called us to do as a church. So Thursday night, September 10th, I've already talked to city leaders, I've talked to the police department and police chief, and they are all in on this. I've invited other churches, and I'm inviting our church, and I expect Destiny Church to represent. But Thursday night, September 10th at 6.30 p.m., we will gather around the flagpoles at our police station, and we will worship and we will pray. Our worship team will lead our city in a moment of worship. And our pastors and our staff and pastors from this community and city leaders will be there and we are going to pray and we are going to believe that God is going to move. And I'm expecting you to show up. Thursday night, September 10th, mark it on your calendar, 6.30 p.m. We're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to do something in our city. We're gathering at the police station 
Some of you are terrified of the police station. You're not going to go there and get arrested, all right? You're going to go there and worship, and it'll be maybe a first for some of you, all right? But anyway, it'll be a great night. So Thursday night, mark that on your calendars. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the last two parts of this challenge from 2 Chronicles. Look at these last two parts. It says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and then here's seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And honestly, this should be what all of us are praying right now. Dear Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Dear Jesus, heal our land. Dear, G- Dear Jesus, restore us. That should be our prayer. Today I want to ask you, what are you looking for? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I ask you in these next few moments, would you speak directly Through me, could I be the mouthpiece of what you want to say to not only this church, but those that are watching online and those across this globe. May this be a message that people hear. We love you and thank you for what you're going to do. Change lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the very third challenge we see is Jesus says, seek my face. And can I tell you from the very beginning of time, there's been one thing that God has been after. He's been after a people that would seek him. He created it in the garden, a moment of intimacy with man and woman and God. And from the beginning of time, God has been looking for people that will look for him and seek after him. And not only does he look for people that will seek after him, he tells us when we look for him, we will find him. We see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. You say, Pastor Chad, it doesn't say that. Yes, it does. It says, if you seek him, he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins, and he will heal our land. But if you look over at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 and 13, it tells us, in those days, when you pray, I will listen. And then it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. I want you to notice this. When it's, it says, when you, pray, when you pray, what does he say? I will. When you pray, he will do what? And he says, when you search for me, you will what? He doesn't only want us to pray. But when we look for him, we will find him. But I want you to notice this, this verbiage here. It says, if you look for me, wholeheartedly. Everybody say that word with me. Say wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Come on, say it again. Say wholeheartedly. If you look for me wholeheartedly, that's the key. We have to look for him with all of our heart. And if we do, the message tells us, the Bible tells us that we will find him. I love how the message translation puts this. Listen what it says here in the message. It says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, he says, I'll listen. But he says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. But listen here. He says, yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Destiny Church, I want you to hear me today. God says, when we get serious about finding him, we will find him. When we get serious about finding him, we will find him. But I love that it says, and you will not be disappointed disappointed. And that's what I'm longing for. That's what I want. I want to find him. I want to know him. I don't want to just read about him. I don't want to just preach messages about him. 
I don't want to just sing songs. I don't want to just hear stories. I want to find him. I want to know him intimately. I want to know him passionately. And here's what I've discovered. These last four weeks, as I have been on an intentional journey with God, like I haven't in quite some time, I'm discovering that there's a direct correlation between the time, the energy, and the passion I put into seeking in him and how much he interacts with me. The more I seek him, the more I find him. The more I seek him, the more I find him. Let me show you this in scripture. The Bible tells us, seek and then you will find. The Bible tells us, draw near to God and then he will draw near to you. The Bible says, ask and then you will. Receive. The Bible says, knock, and then the door will be opened. In each of these statements, I believe that God is making a statement to us. I believe, here's what I believe. This is what I felt like the Lord has been showing me this week. I believe the Lord has been telling me that we have to make the next move. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear what I'm, what I'm getting ready to say. The, Jesus, God, they made the first move with salvation. He moved toward us. And we said yes to him. And now that many of us are followers of Jesus, that's the first step. We've got to say yes. We've got to become a part of the family. But if we want to move beyond just saying, I know who Jesus is, but if we want to know him, if we want to know him intimately, if we want to be who he has called us to be, he's already made the first move. Now he's waiting on you to make the second move. He's waiting on you to move. And then once we begin to do the actual asking and seeking and knocking and drawing near to him, the Bible tells us we will find him. But here's what I want you to notice. Not only is God telling us to seek him or to draw near to him, and here's the key. I've got a lot of message to throw at you today, but this is, this is, this right here is what I want you to get. Not only is he wanting you to seek him or to knock or to look, but he's also asking you to seek after him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Deuteronomy chapter 30 says this, The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants. Listen, so that you will love him with all your heart and soul so that you may live. And then verse 9 says this, the Lord your God will then make you successful in everything you do. So what's that hinge upon? What's he, how's he saying I'm going to be successful in all that I do? Well, I have to go back just a little bit and see what he's saying. He says, seek the Lord with all my heart, soul, and strength. If I do that, then I'm going to be successful in all that I do. He'll give you many children, numerous livestock, and he will cause your fields to produce abundant harvests. For the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. And, but look at verse 10. The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep the commands and decrees written in the book of instruction. Listen. And if you turn to the Lord your God with what? With what? With what? Come on, say it. With what? All. All. We have to seek him with all. In fact, throughout the Bible, we see repeated times when people would seek after the Lord with all their heart and they would find him. We see verses in the Bible where the Lord would implore people to seek him with all of their heart and all of their soul. He says, if you will, I'll meet you. 
But I want you to hear these things. When you begin to see people in the Bible seeking the Lord with all of their heart, or when you begin to see the Lord begin to implore us to seek him with all of our heart, implied in these passages or in these verses is a pursuit of God that goes beyond, that includes a level of intensity that goes, goes beyond just a normal, ordinary prayer life. Let me say it again. Included in these passages here that we're seeing where God is challenging us to seek us with all of our, seek him with all of our heart is an is a implied message that says there's an intensity that goes beyond what me, might, might be termed ordinary prayer or this level of intensity goes beyond what the typical church grower does. It's all of our heart. The word look or the word wholeheartedly that we see in Jeremiah 29, 13, that says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. The word look and the word wholeheartedly suggests an intensity, I want you to hear me, that borders on desperation. It reminds me of Psalm chapter 42 that says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Listen to me, Destiny Church. This is how passionately we must seek the Lord. The days of being casual in our pursuit of God have got to be put behind us. There must be a passion inside you that goes after the Lord like a deer that is longing for his next drink of water. That's what the Lord is asking us, that we would seek him that passionately, that intensely. Listen, seeking after the Lord with all of your heart and all of your soul is not something you can do half-heartedly. I can't pursue my wife and have the marriage that both of us want if I pursue her with half of my passion. I can't be and enjoy the relationship that I want with God if I pursue him with half of my heart. He's asking for all of me. He's asking for all of us. When you seek the Lord with all your heart, here's what you're saying. You're saying, I don't want to be half-hearted or lukewarm in my pursuit of you. When you're saying, I, I want to seek you with all of my heart, you're saying, I want you more than anything else in this world. I'm all in. And I'll tell you, this is what God is looking for. Deuteronomy 10 tells us, and now Israel. But I want us to take out that word Israel, and I want you to insert your name here. And I want you to, I want to say it like this, and now Chad Blancet. And now Doug Boatwright. And now Adrian Hoyle. And now Tammy Barton. And now Denise Perry. And I want you to begin to put your name in that place. And I want you to hear it. And now, Chad Blancet, what does the Lord, your God, require of you? What does God require of you? Listen to what it says here. He says, he requires that you only fear the Lord with your God, live in a way that pleases him, love him, and serve him with what? Where did we miss that in the church? When did we start thinking that we could be half-hearted in our pursuit of him and he would be okay with that? He says, this is what I require of you. Fear the Lord. Live in a way that pleases him. 
love him and serve him with all your heart. And then you must obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today. But I love this. It's all for your own good. When you love him with all your heart, soul, and strength, it's for your own good. And this is what God is looking for. God, you know, I don't, I, I've said it this entire series, God didn't send COVID, but I believe that God is using this pandemic to turn the hearts of the church back to him. Destiny Church, we have to turn back. We have to seek him with all of our heart. Those watching online, it's time to turn. It's time to get back to making him number one. It's time to make him priority. If he is not priority, then, then I wonder, how is your soul? Just talking. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Can I just, can I just ask you guys, could we be a church? Could we be a people he says, I know they're seeking me with all their heart. Could we be that church? Could we be those people? It's going to require something of you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. And the fourth thing we see is turn from their wicked ways. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I believe this is the most difficult part of the challenge. I believe this is the most, Pastor Chad, why do you say this is the most difficult? Well, it's easy to ask for forgiveness. It's easy to say I'm sorry. Really, I know some of you struggle with that, but really it's easy to say I'm sorry. It's easy to ask for a first chance, a second chance, a third chance, a thousand chances. It's easy to do that. I've, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that with the Lord. I don't know if any of you have, but I've asked him. There's some things I'm like, okay, God, a thousand and one, I'm really going to change. It's easy to say, forgive me. And it's easy to say, I, I, I want to be all that you've called me to be, but it's easier to continue living the way you've been living. Listen, church, I want you to hear me. There is an urgency in my heart for what I'm getting ready to share with you. It's easy to say in a moment when we're caught. And it's even easy to say in a moment that I feel convicted. I'm sorry. It's easy in a moment in a church service when a pastor asks you to raise your hand. It's easy to raise your hand and say a prayer and say, I will change. It's easy. It's easy to say, I don't want to do the things I've been doing. It's easy to say, Father God, would you forgive me because I want to go to heaven. But listen to me, true biblical repentance where I turn around and change direction and change the future of my life, that's difficult. And I know this isn't what we want to hear. And I know that we don't, as a church, I'm not just talking about Destiny Church, I'm talking about the church. 
repentance isn't something we really want to talk about. Because it's not something we want to hear today in the church. We want to hear that my sins that I've justified and that I've changed and that are contrary to the word, but I just want to pick and choose. We want to take that and we want to say, Pastor, don't talk on that anymore because I'm okay living this way. And listen to me, you might be okay living in sin, but God is not okay with you living in sin. It's easy to say, forgive me, but knowing you're going to do the exact same thing tomorrow. And please hear me, I'm not angry at you, but there's an anger in my heart and an anger in my soul for who we, my role, my job, how we've allowed the church to live. And we've made it easy. And we've made it easy to say, yes, I repent. And we do it every Sunday. But Monday to Saturday, we do the same thing. And God is looking for people who say, I will change. I will turn around. True biblical repentance is difficult. Why? Because true biblical repentance costs me something. It requires a sacrifice. It requires that I change. It requires a new way of life. And that's honestly what I believe is missing in the church. You look at us and, and, and we say we're sorry. And we're on our way to heaven. But we're not changed. Tell me, how are we different from the world besides sitting in this room? How are we different? How are we changed? I'm, 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 I'm honestly like asking you, I'm, I'm asking you to reflect in your heart. Are we different? Are we changed? True biblical repentance requires that we turn. I want you to look at Ezekiel chapter 18. You can see almost the same passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 33 when, he's, when the Lord is asking Ezekiel to find some watchmen. But I want you to hear this. I'm going to pick it up at the end of verse 20. I mean, it'll, you'll start seeing it in verse 19, but I'm actually going to skip ahead just a little bit. And it says this. If you live upright and well, you get the credit. If you live a wicked life, you're guilty as charged. Verse 21, though, says, But a wicked person who turns his, listen, but a wicked person who turns his back on that life of sin and keeps all my statutes, living a just and righteous life, he'll live, really live. He won't die. I won't keep a list. Do we believe the word? Do you believe what he's saying? Okay, let's keep reading. He says, you won't die, he'll live. Do you, listen to what he says here. Do you think I take pleasure in the death of wicked men and women? Isn't it my pleasure that they turn around no longer living wrong, but living right, really living? Listen to what he says here, verse 24. The same thing goes for a good person. Listen to what it says. Who turns his back on an upright life and starts sinning, plunging into the same vile obscenities that the wicked person practices. Will this person live? The way we've been teaching the church, that would be yes. Right? That's what we've been teaching. Or that's at least how we've been living. I can keep on sinning and think I'm going to keep on living. But listen to what he says. Will this person live? He says this. Just like he says about the wicked person, he says once you repent, he doesn't keep a list of all the wrong. But listen, he says, once you start living in sin, he says, I don't keep a list of all the good things this person did. 
Like money in the bank, he can draw on. Because of his defection, because he accumulates sin, what's it say? He'll die. We don't like to preach that. We most definitely don't like to hear that. Verse 25. Do I hear you saying that's not fair? God's not fair? Listen, Israel, I'm not fair. This is what God's saying. I'm not fair. Listen, he says, you're the ones who aren't fair. If a good person turns away from his good life and takes up sinning, the consequence is death. He'll die for his sin. Likewise, though, if a bad person turns away from his bad life and starts living a good life, a fair life, he'll save his life. Because he's faced up to all the wrongs he's committed and he's putting them behind him. He'll live, really live. He won't, fair, he won't die. And yet Israel keeps on whining. That's not fair. God's not fair. I'm not fair, Israel, God says again. You're the ones who aren't fair. But listen, here's this, when I read this, have you ever read a verse in the Bible that like took the breath out of you? That was this verse, these next three verses, as I was reading them this week, it was just like this, oh, listen what he says. The upshot is this, Israel, and again, like we did earlier today, I want you to put your name here. The upshot is this, Chad Blancet. The upshot is this, Doug Boatwright. That's what he's saying. Put your name here. I'll judge each of you according to the way you live. Uh-oh. Man, God seems kind of harsh, doesn't he? It seems kind of mean, doesn't it? I mean, I'm a good person. I have good intentions. I try to do good for the most part. I go to church. I tithe. I give. I don't act like them. I don't beat my kids. I don't cheat on my spouse. Unless you count the magazines that I'm looking at. I'll judge each of you according to the way you live. Listen to what he says. So turn around. Turn your backs on your rebellious living so that your sin won't drag you down. Clean house. Clean house. No more rebellions, please. Get a new heart. Get a new spirit. Why would you choose to die, Chad Blancet? Why would you choose it? I take no pleasure in anyone's death. Make a clean break, he says, and live. What a challenge. Turn around, change, clean heart, clean spirit, quit living in rebellion, make a clean break, but then listen to the promise that he gives. If you do that, you will live, truly live. And I know this is, this is the easy part of the message to tune out and say my pastor has just gone off his rocker. And I don't want to hear this. But listen, this is directly from God for this room today. And here's what, I, here's what the Lord has told me this week. Some of you are going to sit here and say, he's just preaching to earn points. Or this doesn't apply to me because I'm a good person. Can I tell you God's not looking for good people? He's looking for sons and daughters. You might be a good person, but you have idols in your lives. And idols stand between you and God. Idols are sin, and they stand between you and God. And sin separates. 
All sin, I want you to hear me for just a minute. All sin separates us from God. Big sin in your eyes or little sin in your eyes. Or here's another one, justified sins in your eyes. All of it separates us from God. Let me tell you, God isn't looking for good people. I, I, I honestly tried to find a verse in the Bible that said that. <laughs> like, do you have a verse that says you're looking for good people? I don't see it. And there's a lot of translations out there, but I can't find one. No, God's not looking for good people. God's looking for sons and daughters that are sold out and are all in, all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I believe that God is saying to each and every one of us, under the sound of my voice, those of us watching online, I believe the Lord is saying to us today, you may be a good person, and you may actually feel like you truly love me, and you may attend church, but you have sin in your life, and you have idols in your life, and it's causing distance between you and me, and it's time to turn around. There was a movie in 2010. It featured Sandra Bullock. It was, she was the 2010 Best Actress winner of an Academy Award for a portrayal of Leanne Tui in the movie The Blind Side. And the movie The Blind Side tells the story of a family. They are a Christian family. It tells their story of them giving a young man by the name of Michael Orr a chance at the life that maybe God had for him. And he went on to live that life. Well, at a recent fundraiser uh, just a couple of years back, Sean Tui, the husband, noted that the transformation of his family all started, he said, it started with two words. You see, in the movie, they portray Michael walking down a road in the middle of the night and they pick him up. But he said, actually, what happened is he said, we were driving down the road on a cold November morning and we saw this boy in a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and no hat, no coat, no gloves, Nothing. It was freezing outside. And he said, my wife, Leanne, uttered two words that changed the course of our family. And she said, Sean, turn around. When I read that story, it did something in me this week. And Sean got in there, and, and this young man, Michael Ower, got in their car, and it changed his life. These two words, turn around, are powerful. These two words, turn around, are what repentance is all about. Turn around. Start a whole new way of life. And when we turn around and when we repent, we change directions and we begin a new journey. Here's what I want to tell you today as I close. I don't think Jesus is looking for a church of people that will just say, please forgive me. It starts with that. But it can't just stop with forgive me. There must be a turning. There must be a changing. There must be a brand new journey, a brand new beginning. And I, here's what I feel like the Lord's been showing me. I think there are a lot of us in Destiny Church who are tired and we're weary. Some of you are needing a fresh touch of God in your life. And some of you feel distance between you and God. I want to tell you the distance doesn't have to stay there. You just have to turn around. You have to make the next move. He's waiting on you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if they'll turn and listen to me, some of you are saying, Pastor Chad, I'm not wicked. I'm not saying you're wicked. I'm just saying you have sin in your life. 
and you are a good person, and you do have good morals, and you are loving, and you are caring, and you do love your family, and you do bless the church, but God's saying there's an idol in your life. And that idol, if left there, is going to continue to cause distance between you and me. And all sin is sin. And all sin separates us from God. So today the key is repenting. And if we do that, he says he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins. And he will heal our land. And I believe as a church, I wonder what would happen if a church collectively repented. I wonder what would happen if we as individuals would say, I, I'll do my part. I'll turn around. And I'll repent. I think God would move. I think revival would come. I think awakening would happen if we would all just turn. So every week I've asked you guys if you're all in and we've responded. But today I want to be a little more aggressive. And I don't want to ask people to raise their hand. I want to ask you to stand. If you have some things in your life that are causing distance between you and God, maybe some idols, and you've, you've thought they were okay, and you repent, and you ask the Lord to help you, but you just continue to have that idol. It just is continuing to be in your life. You've asked him to forgive you, and you know he does. He's, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. That's what the Bible tells us. But some of us, we just keep living in that sin. And if you're here today, Here's what I'm hearing the Lord say. He already started. There were some of you that moved forward and you started breaking chains. But I feel like some of you have some chains of sin on your life that continue to cause distance between you and Him. And you're good for a week and then you're chained back up. Or you're good for a while. You know what? Or you're good for the most part, but there's just this one thing that keeps standing between you and God. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chad... I want to repent of that. I'm going to do something today. I'm getting ready to take my microphone off. And I'm going to come down there and sit by Doug for just a second. And I'm going to be the first one to respond. Because I deal with things in my own heart, my own life, that I feel like kind of separate me from who God's called me to be all the time. And how can I ask you to do something if I'm not willing to lead the way? So I'm going to come down there and I'm going to repent and I'm going to stand. And if you want to join me, you can. Yeah.
is so much sweeter than anything I've tasted. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. Pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know so much sweeter than anything I've tasted. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.